We as a people are made to love and to be loved. We have an insatiable longing for love. If you were to check the top 40 uh, hits in our culture in any generation, the majority of those songs would be about what? Love. We want to be loved. But we also want to be loved for longer than just a minute, right? Many of you know that there have been relationships in your life where love has come, and then what? And then it's gone. And so one of the most powerful questions that we can ask is when does love end? Because we, as eternal beings, have an insatiable desire to be loved. But we want to know when will it be over? All things end. And so when will love end? We're going to answer that today. We'll look at 1 Corinthians 13. We'll put it up here on the screen. I'm going to read portions of it. Uh, this is, perhaps if you've been at a wedding, you're familiar with this text. This is one of the most infamous uh, texts uh, read at weddings. And so uh, it may be familiar to you, but I want, but I want you to th just recognize this. The original context was not a wedding. It was a church that was fighting with itself. And so this is a helpful understanding for us to know, will there be an end to love? Uh, I'll read some of it here. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not, what's the word? Boastful. It is not, what's the word? It is not, what's the word? It is not self-seeking. It is not irritable. and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love never ends. Love never ends. So when will love end? Never. Never ever? Never ever ever, right? Now, isn't that nice? Oh. <laughs> love will never end. What on earth? does that mean for me today? I mean, it's a nice sentiment, isn't it? Love never ends. Yeah. But what does that actually mean? And 1 Corinthians 13 is going to help us. We're going to do this one more time. And I just, I, I, we're going to do this. I'm going to do a little call and response. I'm going to have you say it out loud because we're going to dig into what this eternal love might look like in our lives today. Love is. Love is. Love does not. It is not. It is not, it is not, it is not, it is not, it does not keep a of love, never, ever, ever ends. Love never ends. And in order for us to understand what that means for us today, in the here and now, we have to look at three things. We're going to look at love's past, then we're going to look at love's future, and then finally, love's present. Past, future, and present. Here we go. First, love's past. 
In the book of Genesis, which is the opening uh, salvo in the scriptures, it says this, that you and I were created. Genesis 1 says, in the image and likeness of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. What God is telling us through the book of Genesis is this, that you were created with purpose, you were created with dignity, inherent dignity, worth, and value. More than that, you were created not out of need, not out of some sort of shortfall on God's part, you were created out of love. Love has, has eternally existed. There's this idea that we understand coming from the scriptures that God reveals himself to be three in one, one God, three persons. I know it's a mystery. That's one of the reasons why we sing. God is not three gods who get together and have nice chats sometimes. God is one God in three persons. God's not one God who wears three different hats. He's one God, three persons. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And that is a paradox. And I agree. But one of the things that that concept of the Trinity means is this, is that love is eternal. Love has always existed. For in order to love, what does one need? Somebody, as Freddie Mercury infamously said, somebody to love. There has to be an object of the affection. And God eternally has existed, one God, three persons, in an eternally existing community of love. And so we were made, not because God needed friends, we were made out of love. You were made out of love. And this is, I know that there are many of us here today who aren't Christians. We're still trying to figure this whole Jesus thing out. And I'm so glad that you're here today. I want to encourage you to think about something. There is a popular belief, a popular narrative that is, exists in Phoenix that goes like this. Billions and billions of years ago, two molecules smashed together out of random chance, and now here you are. Don't you feel love? The reason, listen, the reason I say that is this, is our insatiable longing for love has to come from something or somewhere. And the scripture, scripture argues is because you were made to be loved eternally. The reason that you feel with inside of yourself an insatiable longing to be loved is because you were made to be loved and your creator made you out of love. You are not the product of random chance. You were made in love. Do you know that? No, no, no. I'm not saying, do you know that? I'm asking you, has that shaped your life? To know that you've been eternally loved by your maker. You're not a mistake. You're not the product of random chance. You were designed by God with inherent dignity, worth, and value out of love. Do you know that? You see, this truth also shapes how we view other people because the scripture says that we were made in the image and likeness of God, which means that not only have I been made in the image and likeness of God, but also my family and my friends and my, my church and all those people I don't like that are in my family, friends, and church, God made them too with inherent dignity, worth, and value. Oh. Does that have to shape how I treat them? We'll see. Sermon's not over yet. But one of the things, one of the cool things is this. 
one uh, old school theologian had this idea that being made in the image of God means this, that each person, unique person, each has a light, like a flashlight, so to speak. And each of us are showing that light, uh, shining that light towards God, and then communicating what we see about God to one another. Being made in the image of God is this idea that we are revealing to one degree or the other, we are revealing the character, nature, and beauty of God to one another, for we are made in his image. To put it another way, we are mirroring the characteristics of God to one another. And one of the ways that we mirror God's love is when we love one another. That's why in the scriptures you'll constantly see God's love for us and our love for one another so intricately interwoven you almost can't separate them. We mirror God to one another. And God has put your friendships, your community together. I want you to think about something. I want you to think about how God is sovereign over all things. There's no mistakes. And if you might apply that to your friendships, to your community, I would like for you, and this is, I'm stealing this from an old school theologian who basically says this, that there is a sovereign, divine master of ceremonies putting us all together so that we might be in relationship with one another to reveal to one another the nature and truth about God to one another. At the end of the day, I commonly think that I pick my friends, but it may well be that God has picked my friends for me to reveal his love to me through his image bearers who are mirroring his love to me. And so you and I, we were created out of love. But we not only need to think about love's past, we also need to think about love's future. For all who call on the name of the Lord and are saved, we will dwell together forever. Forever, ever, forever, ever, ever. And that's good news when it's people I like. What about some of y'all? I think forever. Friends, we're barely making it through a Sunday. Oh, don't act like you don't feel that way about other people in this room. We will be together forever. We were created out of love, and our future is eternal love. Each of us have an insatiable desire to be loved, and Jesus promises this, this, that you will be in the presence of your creator and all that call on the name of the Lord in loving union forever. That insatiable longing will be eternally satisfied. Do you know that that's where you're headed? Our future is a future of love. It's a future of love in which there is diversity with none of the pain, only unity. When there's difference without disagreement, only the joy. And I want to just take a, a moment here. Because God has created you in love. He loves you so much. And God desires to be with you eternally in love and loving union. But every one of us, upon a moment of reflection, as we think about our lives, I believe we'll recognize that each one of us has turned to God and turned away and said, I'm, I'm going to do my own thing. 
I'm going to be the center of the universe. I, 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 I see you there, God, but you know what? I'm going to be God. This is, by the way, the essence of what the scripture calls sin. Placing ourselves above God, but God has a choice. Destroy all who rebel, or out of love and grace, make a way so that you and I, created in love, will spend an eternity in love. And he's done it. It's why we sing songs like Amazing Grace. It's why we as a church family have written grace up on the wall because there's nothing that we have done that deserves God's grace and forgiveness and his mercy, and yet he has done it by giving himself. All oh, you guys have heard, haven't you? That infamous text, John 3, 16. It's about love, you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Part of that perishing is this. It's an eternity apart from our creator, living eternally with an insatiable longing to be loved and yet being separated from what God calls himself the lover of our souls. We were made to be loved. And God promises that he will love us eternally just as he loves us now. And all who call on Jesus' name, who turn from their sin and turn towards him, he showers, with, showers us with his grace and his mercy because he loves you. I want to just take a moment right now. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. Pause. Are you part of that? Oh, I, I know you know that. I know that you're like, of course, I'm like, on it, or whatever you say about the world. I, I'm not asking if you know it. I, I want to know, is it shaping you? I'm going to ask you to do something. Quietly in your own seat, we're not going to get weird, but quietly in your own seat, when I pause, I'm going to ask you to say your own name to yourself, and then I want you to pause and ask if you actually believe it. For God, so love. God so loved that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life in loving unity. Do you know that today? Friends, if you don't know that, he's ready, willing, and able to receive you right now if you would but turn to him. Don't let this moment pass you by. There are many of us that have been churchgoers for years, and it's all been up here. Friends, I want to ask you, is it here? Let the Lord speak to you today. There are some of us who this is our first time in a church setting. I know exactly what you feel like. It happened to me years ago when they started paying me to be here. Now I'm here every Sunday. But I know it's weird. There's a ton of weird stuff. Like, we've been singing, and some of the stuff sounds weird. I mean, it's weird that there's a dude up here in a sweater vest talking to you. I get it. It's weird. But listen, let all that pass you by. And I want you to take a chance and say, God, if you do exist, would you speak to me today? Because there is this firm truth that Jesus Christ said that he was God, said that he loved you, gave his life for you, 
and then three days later, he rose from the grave, conquering over Satan, sin, and death. That's either true or it's false. I believe that it's absolutely true, which means this, that God so loves you and you. God so loves you and you that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, perish in an eternity without love, but have everlasting life in loving union with him. Do you know that today? And are you allowing it to shape you? This, this is the hard part. We oftentimes recognize it, we, 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 we internalize it perhaps, but then we, we, we forget that last step of allowing it to shape us. God is revealing himself and his love to you in all sorts of different ways. In fact, I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. One of the key ways he does that is in the context of community. Uh, if you go through the lobby, you'll see an image that looks like this. This is also on the back of the Connect cards that you have there in front of uh, your seats. In fact, do you guys have those Connect cards? I don't know if anyone got them. Perhaps you could show me the Connect card. This would be the time that you take the Connect card and hold it up and show me that you've got it. Uh, was that, does, does anything on there look like this? Yeah, are we connected some dots here? Okay, there's like a table and a chairs icon. Do you guys see that? Yeah, what does it say there? Okay, we were doing really good with the record of wrong stuff in 1 Corinthians 13, but maybe let's, uh, let's jazz it up a little bit. What's it say there? Build relationships. One of the key marks of a disciple of Jesus is that they build relationships with other disciples. And I just, I just want to put this before you today. Uh, there's a variety of different group settings. doesn't matter to me what kind of table, but if you're not around tables or a table, it could be a kitchen table, a dining room table, it could be a church table, it could be a bar table, it doesn't matter to me. If you're not around tables in community with other folks who are trying to follow Jesus, living as his disciples, I believe that you're starving yourself of the image of God in others. And to be blunt, you're saying, God, I don't want you to show me what you have to show me through your community. And so I'm gonna ask you, if you are not part of a Christ-centered uh, community, again, just around tables, I wanna ask you to take that step. Maybe you need to visit Direct and Connect or you can just fill it out on the card. Let us know, we'd love to help you take your next step, getting connected as you build relationships through Desert Springs. If you're uh, connected with uh, followers of Jesus through another church family, awesome. I know that there's many of us who are part of groups that are part of uh, places like Desert Springs or CCV or uh, Heritage or Harvest, whatever the group, is made up of, if they're disciples of Jesus and you're allowing them to show you what God has to show you through them, I love it. I'm so glad you're a part of it. If you need, uh, if you want us to help you take your next step here at Desert Springs, we'd love to help you do that today. You can fill that out, drop it off at Direct and Connect or in the metal boxes there at the back of the room. In order to understand why love never ending matters, we first have to understand love's past and we also have to understand love's future that we will eternally love and be in loving relationship with one another. But finally, we need to understand love's present. And this, this is the hard part. Oh, love past, it's so easy to talk about, right? Because you don't have to do anything. Love's future, oh, it's wonderful, heaven. You don't have to really do anything. But what about love in the present? And a, a collective moan went across the crowd. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> me too. I had to prepare this sermon. 
So uh, we're going to get into it. I'm gonna, uh, we're going to put 1 Corinthians uh, 13 back up on the screen. You can uh, uh, follow along there on the screens if you would like. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to reflect on your actual life. Oh, I, I don't mean the fake life and the fake stories you tell yourself and you tell other people. I'm talking about like your actual, real life. I'm talking about your social media. I'm talking about your family interactions. I'm talking about your 6 a.m. conversations. I'm talking about your emails. I'm talking about your uh, engagement at work. I'm talking about how you drive. Yeah, well, yeah, we heard some mm's. Yep, some of you right now are getting nudged. I'm talking about your friendships. I'm talking about your love relationships. Yeah, I'm gonna ask you to actually reflect on your actual, real, actual life while we do this next part, okay? And a hush rolled over the crowd because everyone loves this, right? Yay! Because it's great to talk about love's past and it's so encouraging to talk about love's future and more than that, it's amazing to hear of God's sacrificial love for me. But then when I start thinking about like my actual life in the actual dirt, on the actual street, is it shaping me? So here we go. Love is. Love is. Love does not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It is not. It does not keep a of. How many of you have, have had people in your life that every time there's an argument, they go over to the record player, they go to the year, they take it out, they pull out that sweet vinyl, and they play the record of your wrongs. See, that's easy to think about when it's been done to us. But how many of you have been the DJ? So let's get into it. Aren't we excited? You see, this image of love, it's so beautiful until I have to think about love's present and all of these people. One of the interesting things to me is that Jesus has set up his church, which is a church family, a very diverse, varied group of people from all different types of backgrounds, different preferences, different persuasions. And he put them all in a space, and then he said, be my church. And the way that they're going to know you're my church is by the way that you love one another. You see, the church, for all of its shortcomings and all of its failures, the church is designed by Jesus to pull that eternal love out of the theory and into practice. The church is designed by Jesus to take that eternal, uh, eternally past and eternally future love 
and bring it into an actual physical way that you can see it today. This is why the author says to the church, you're to love one another. What's love like? Well, love is, love is, it does not, it is not, it is not, Wait, so Pastor Caleb, you told me to think about my emails and my engagements at work and my social media, and I need to love in all of that. Okay, good. We're back. Here we go. It's not... See, we were quieter there. Because a lot of us were thinking about our Twitter. It is not... You sure? Jerk? What is it not? It is not? Wait a minute, but my preferences are more important than yours, right? I can still do that? As long as things are the Burger King way. Like, I love Burger King theology. My way, right away. Right? I could still do that here? Maybe not. Uh-oh. It is not? It is not? Lord have mercy. And it does not keep a of, everybody do it with me, a record, a record of wrongs. Next time you're in a fight, next time you're in a fight, an argument, a disagreement, I want you to just take a quick moment and ask yourself, am I going to love or am I going to be the DJ pulling out the record of wrongs? All right, let's go. We'll just take another, uh, I just got the shovel out. Playlists, uh, excuse me, playlists, politics, and prejudices. I want you to think about your playlists. I want you to think about your politics. And I want you to think about your prejudices. Here we go. We sin against each other when we've elevated our playlists over the others. And what I mean by playlist is our preferences, right? We like our music at our volume, and all the people who like the other music, country music, at any volume are sinners. What you think about the fights and the, 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 the disgruntlement and the, the tension that you feel in your own heart when you are experiencing another, uh, uh, the, the expression of another's culture. Do you degrade it? Do you roll your eyes at it? Do you think my way is so much better? Playlists, right? Style, dress code, length of the sermon. I've never had anyone tell me you should go a little longer. It's always, it seems to be getting shorter. These are all our preferences, our playlists. Playlists. These are the reasons that we fight with each other in the church. Is that not true? Like, I get y'all's emails. I know. Don't, don't, we, don't have to be, we don't have to lie to each other in here. Listen, I'm going to make you a 100% guarantee. You ready? 100% guarantee. I 100% guarantee that you'll be sinned against by people in this congregation. And it's extremely likely that I will be the first and I will be the most egregious. 
because Jesus took a bunch of different people bound together by his blood and put them all together in close proximity. And I don't like 90% of the decisions you make or the preferences that you have or the playlists that you have, and I know that it's mutual, right? Oh, you guys are all acting like you like Megadeth? Get out of here. You don't. I know you don't, right? Except for Daniel. Where's Daniel at? He knows. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so, right? Like, friends, Jesus has taken a group, a bunch of very different people, put them together, and we're sinning against each other constantly, and I'll tell you what, if that were not true, we wouldn't need this, right? The majority of the New Testament makes absolutely no sense if people that are a part of Jesus' church are not constantly erring and sinning against one another. Would you like to join the church? <laughs> Welcome. We're going to sin against each other, 100% guarantee. Oh, I'll prove it to you. Politics. Point. I don't need to say anything else. Listen. <clears throat> okay. You ready? I'm going to lean into this. I want you to know a secret. That there are people in this room right now who do not, I know, hold on. There are people in this room right now. I don't want anyone looking around. There are people in this room right now who do not share the same political convictions you do. Yep, yep, it's true, it's true. I know that the news outlet uh, talks about evangelical Christianity as if it's some sort of monolithic political entity. It's not. Jesus never talks that way about the church. I'll just make a point, self-evident. You know there's Christian communists. Yeah, it's quiet, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, now, I need everyone to hear me right now. I'm just stating facts. I'm not giving you my opinion on what's good or bad. If you'd like my opinion, I'm glad to give it to you because I'm right. <laughs> but listen, listen, listen. For what it's worth, it's been a really hard three years with this church family. And I know that for many of you, you have had to pay a higher price than some of us because you feel outed, or you feel like an outsider, or you feel like there's this monolithic whole of Christianity out there and you don't conform to that. And I'm so glad that you're here. I know, I know that you pay a higher price to be here. I know that you're gonna hear things that people say. I know you're gonna see bumper stickers on people's car, and you're gonna wanna know, how on earth could a Jesus follower believe in that? I'll tell you. Jesus has taken a bunch of different people from all different walks of life and brought them into close proximity with each other that we might reveal to one another the character, nature, and beauty of God. Which means, in our imperfect state, we will sin against one another. Moreover, we will call into question, simply by being present in each other's lives, we will call into question the unchecked prejudices that we hold. And it may well be that Jesus is using the person who irritates you the most in this church family, not to change them, but to change you. And I'm the first one to say, because I'm the only one talking right now, I still need to be changed. Maybe you do too. That's why love is patient, patient, patient. And what else is it? It's and it does not, and it's not, and it's not, it's not, 
You see that bumper sticker? All those feelings inside? What does it look like to love the person who has the opposite political convictions than you? What does it look like to love the person who has the opposite playlist than you? And what does it look like to love the person whose unchecked prejudices are different than your unchecked prejudices? It looks like this. It's patient, it's kind. It's not envy, it's not boastful. It's not arrogant or rude. It's not self-seeking. It's not irritable, and it does not keep a record of wrongs. Right now in this moment, I want you to know this, that God has loved you since the foundations of the cosmos. You were created with inherent dignity, worth, and value. He loves you so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And that is love's future that you will be loved eternally, the insatiable longing for love that you have inside of you, it will be eternally satisfied. Are you allowing that to shape you now in this moment? In light of that truth, what does it look like for you, for you, and for you, to bring that eternal love and live it right now in the present? I'm gonna ask each one of you right now, before I pray, to think, who is a person that God has placed in my life that I need to show this eternal love to today? Has God put anyone in your life that causes you to be impatient, unkind, envious, boastful, arrogant, rude, self-seeking, irritable, someone who you are keeping their record of wrongs? Is there anyone like that in your life? If there is, it may be that God's calling you to love them with this eternal love now. Let's pray. Father, this is, for me at least, so awe-inspiring and simultaneously frustrating because I don't know how to do this well. So, Lord, I entrust myself to you completely, knowing that you love me. And as you call me to love others in this way, you promise that you will empower me by your spirit. And I pray that for each person sitting in this room today, that you would empower us by your spirit to live in light of the eternal love you have for us and to love moment by moment, bringing that eternal love into the present today. For love never 